of the week. We're so glad that you took time out of your schedule to join with us tonight as we look into the Word of God and we talk about current events, things that are going on in our everyday lives. Um, and I believe when we take the look or the viewpoint of taking things that we're going through in life, what's going on, whether it's political, economical, uh, you know, socioeconomical, whatever it is, when we look at these things and we line them up with the Word of God, God will always give us a path to walk. He will always explain what's going on and always give us hope that no matter how dark it is, how bad it looks, that we win in the end. If we, if you have Jesus on the inside of you, if he lives in your heart, then you will be victorious no matter what it looks like in the world. So tonight, I wanted to talk a little bit about probably what I believe is probably one of the, uh, I'm trying to think, this generation's probably gotten more flack than any generation that I know of. I mean, my generation, we caught a lot because a lot of us were hellions, <laughs> you know. Uh, but Gen, Gen Z uh, has caught a lot of, a lot of flack, uh, and some of it rightfully so. Um, it's, you know, there, there's a different, I don't know, it's the viewpoints, I guess, uh, but we can see that through all different generations. You know, the way my parents viewed certain things is a little different maybe than the way I view some things. Um, then their parents, when you go back to like my grandparents, most of them, uh, grew up through the great depression. Uh, so they were real tight with money. They were penny pinchers. Then you go into my parents' generation. They spent a little more, but were still, you know, very conservative. You move into my generation and, you know, you see a lot more debt, a lot more spending uh, until you move all the way up into Gen Z. And, you know, the way they've been taught and raised is, you know, put everything on plastic, run up high, you know, credit card bills, student debt loans, things like that, uh, and just, you know, go live life. And, you know, uh, we see these different things, but I really believe that Gen Z... Uh, they're a little more special just because of some of the things I believe that they've had to, to put up with or go through. Gen Z is, um, there's a couple of different variations, but Gen Z basically is anyone that was born from the year 1997 to about 2012, 2015. Now there again, you may be watching and you may say, well, no, it's this or that. I know it can fluctuate a little, but basically it's from 1997 to, you know, 2015. Basically anybody that's, what, maybe 10 years old to 25 years old, 26. Um, both of my children are Gen Zers. Um, this generation, though, has grew up in a, a more volatile time than I did. Um this generation has grew up with a lot more of the cancel culture, which we, we didn't have. Um, they've grew up with more of the uh, transgender push, homosexual push, the acceptance of everybody just as they are. Um, you know, they went through uh, 
the the pandemic or pandemic um being you know out of school being in lockdown uh not being able to communicate uh face to face with people this generation come up with um you know this is probably one of the first generations i've seen that spent more time on uh, tablets or computers or phones talking and communicating to people than they did face to face. You know, when I was in my, my teen years, uh, you know, we, we all hung out. We had places we would go and hang out, not necessarily getting in trouble. We just went and hung out. It was just what we did because we wanted to be with our friends, but this generation, you know, it's a, it's a whole different, uh, realm of, of influence now because, with digital media, with, with social media, I should say, uh, their friend base is not just the community that they live in anymore or the school that they go to. Now their friend base and their community base is worldwide. Um, and it's a whole different thing. You know, when we were growing up, you had maybe one bully in a classroom that bullied everybody till they got their butt whooped or their nose broke or something, and then they wasn't a bully anymore. Uh, you might have had maybe another one that tried to be, but really wasn't. To now, with Gen Z, with the social media, um, I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of bullies. There's people that's going to comment on every post you make, whether they like it or don't like it. And, you know, I, I see that affect people. Well, who liked my post? Well, who cares? You know, well, why did they not like it? Well, again, who cares? It, you know, the way I look at it, it's social media. You put it out there. If people like it, great. If they don't, nobody cares. It's your social media. You can do with it what you want. But we have so many in this younger generation, they're being bullied online, uh, constantly berated. And, you know, all of these things are going on with them. And, you know, there's so many options of, all these other things that I've seen, whether it be, uh, well, there's just so many things to distract them. There's so many distractions out there and there are for us too. But as adults, we should be able to handle distractions a little better. We, we should be able to, uh, not trying to sound like some kind of psychiatrist, but we should be able to com compartmentalize different things, you know, um, and be able to adjust and adapt and move forward and, and just go on with life. Um, but this Gen Z, I believe, uh, I believe, you know, I, I heard someone say the other day and this, it bothered me and it, it's something that's been said throughout the years. I, I even remember my dad saying, you know, things about this, that he had heard other preachers say, you know, that this young generation's going to hell and that, you know, that's talking about me when I was growing up and then the next generation. And then, you know, but with Gen Z, I've really been hearing a lot of people lately saying, you know, Gen Z uh, is not in search for God. They're not after God. And, and that statement partly is right. Uh, I believe you have a less percentage of this generation, the Gen Z generation, that is searching for God because of of you know, there's so many, these professors out in these colleges are brainwashing them to believe that there's not gods. And then you have all your gurus on social media that are talking about, you know, God could be the birds in the air or wherever your, uh, safe space is, you know, 
uh, that that is your God, and all of these different things. But as I've begun to look, and I believe a lot of you that are watching tonight, when you begin just to think about the last year, because when you think of Gen Z, you're thinking of, of kids right now that are in high school or college age, whether they're in college or just the college age into the, you know, beginning into the adulthood or workforce of, of life. We have begun to see God move in some of these colleges. And these are Gen Z generation. This is Generation Z that God's moving on. And, you know, we had the Asbury, and that, that went on for a while and was amazing. You know, then they've had a few different colleges. I believe one in Georgia. The latest one was in Alabama. Uh, I think in Auburn uh, had a massive uh, baptism, and, and the Spirit of God moved. So I believe that this generation is searching for the truth. I believe that, that this Gen Z, uh, I believe they are looking for God and looking for you know, some of them may say I'm looking for God and, and not meaning the God that we know. But if they search long enough, if you search for God long enough, the true and living God, I believe, will reveal himself to you. And, you know, part of that, I believe, why I maybe they've shunned it, a lot of it's got to do with the world, but, but I believe some of it's been by the church. I mean, it's been the, the scaffolding or the walls that we've built up to say that, you know, God is in this box and in this box only, uh, you know, and I believe every generation has seen that, but you know, when you go back and look at, uh, back in the seventies, early seventies with the hippie movement, you know, yeah, there was free love and, and illicit drugs and sex, but on the, on, on the heels of that, as that was going on, they were some of these people looking for something deeper, and you had one of the greatest revivals on the West Coast that had, that ever happened, you know, with many, many people getting saved and, and becoming ministers. There's still preachers today that have churches and are doing great works. So just as God began to move in that vile generation, I believe that we're beginning to see him move in Gen Z, one of the most, you know, I mean, what option do you not have in that generation? I mean, uh, illicit sex, there's all kind of drugs out there. I mean, any, there, about anything you could think of, want, or desire is at your fingertips now. This generation has that ability now. So, you know, they've got so much going on in their lives, but I still believe that God, I believe the Holy Spirit is beginning to stir and move in their hearts. And, you know, I heard a preacher, I think it was about two or three weeks ago, and it, I started to jump on and comment, but I decided against it. Maybe it was the Holy Spirit telling me not to. But this preacher, it, it, really, it really upset me. I, really, I don't get angry a lot about stuff like this. Most of y'all know me. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, get all emotional about people being idiots, but this guy really hurt me because what he said, if Gen Z people heard that, it would turn them away from God completely. But he said that he believed that this generation, Gen Z, uh, that God was not watching over them. That, In other words, that basically what he was beating around the bush to say is 
that God didn't love Gen Z. And, you know, that, that really aggravated me because if God loved my generation and if God loved your generation, then yes, God loves Gen Z. And he loves Generation Alpha, the, the young babies that are coming up now. He loves that generation as well. He's never going to throw out a generation. There's always a remnant of people. Yeah, it may not be the whole uh, generation. Not everyone will be saved. But I believe you can look back and see a specific move in every generation group where God has begun to move on people. And the scriptures I, I wanted to read tonight, you know, if, if there is a Gen Z person, if you're, you're in the Gen Z generation and you're watching tonight and you say, I really don't believe that there is a God or if there is, I don't believe he loves me and I, I, I don't believe that, that there's hope for me. John 3.16 is a very, for us that's been saved any length of time, a very familiar passage of Scripture. But I really wanted to read that one. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. Well, when you talk about world, that's talking about mankind. Every generation, from the beginning of time till now, every generation God has loved. And it said that he loved that the world so much that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So, yes, I believe God emphatically, yes, loves Gen Z. I believe he loves this generation, and he wants to show them who he is, and he wants to move in their life. And see, if you go on past John 3.16 and you look at John 3.17 uh, and 18, it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son. And you see, that's where I believe that partly the church has done an injustice to the Gen Z generation because there has been, uh, not from every church, again, I'm not talking about every, but a lot, there has been a lot of shade, a lot of condemnation through at this young generation. And we have to understand that this generation is only a product of how it was raised. It's only a product of its surroundings. You know, that's why, you know, my generation, we grew up riding uh and Josh knows we rode dirt uh, bicycles. We we didn't know what a bike helmet was. What what's a bike helmet? You know, we built jumps out of logs and and two by fours or plywood, and we jumped jumps with our bikes with no knee pads. We well, I don't know what a knee pad was. You know, uh, we, we didn't know what helmets were. What was a glove? You didn't wear gloves. And if you fell and got hurt. You didn't cry so much because you was hurt. You cried because you just messed up your school clothes that you were supposed to change out of, and you were upset because when you got home with dirty school clothes and holes in them from wrecking, your mama was going to tear your butt up. So, you know, we grew up a little tougher. We, we, we grew up playing outside. Uh, you know, heat was not a, a problem for us. 
you didn't hear us when we were young. Oh, it's too hot to go outside or, oh, it's too cold. We just wrapped up in the winter, went out and played till you couldn't feel your fingers or your feet. And you come in, you warmed up, you thawed out, you put back out and went done it again. Summertime, we played outside. Yeah, we had Atari and Nintendo were coming out some then, and I think the early PlayStation maybe. But we didn't spend all day inside playing a game if it wasn't storming outside. We we went outside. In other words, we, we grew up, we were a little tougher. And we look at this generation coming up and – you know, I know a lot of these kids that, that their parents, they, you know, they can't get them to go outside. Why? Well, they still play in a game. You know, uh, things like that, they're more focused on living a reality where they're in a room by themselves and living through something else or through someone else than they are by themselves. And a lot of times the church and then other people, we've threw a lot of shade at them. And like I said earlier, some of it, yeah, they've done it to themselves, but we also need to extend love and compassion to them uh, and meet them where they are because when you look through the Bible, Jesus met everyone with love, yes. So we got to do that. But he also met different people on different levels. Not every person is on the same level. So we've got to learn to be able to show them Jesus Show them love and compassion where they are. So, you know, I believe absolutely without a shadow of a doubt that God does love Gen Z. And again, I'm going to say it again. It, it bears repeating. If you are Gen Z, if you are in that generation, God does not hate you. God loves you so much that he gave his only son so that you could have everlasting life. He loves you with a love that cannot adequately be described with words. And he wants you to accept his son, Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, and you can live for him and spend eternity in heaven where we were created to spend our life. So, yes, Gen Z, God loves you. Oh, he loves you. He loves you. The next point, I was thinking about this today when I was thinking about Gen Z. And the question come up, does the church really need Gen Z? And yes, absolutely. Uh, Gen Z, you know, uh, my daughter was born in 98. Uh, not long after that, I think maybe when my daughter was born, I may have had one of those Motorola Razor phones. Uh, but not long after that, the first iPhone comes out. You know, my daughter at a young age, and a lot of y'all have seen this if you've got kids or grandkids, these young kids don't have to be taught. It's like they come out of the womb knowing how to operate technology better than most of us. Uh, it blows my mind, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you see this. So if this young generation, Generation Z, is probably some of the smartest kids generation i probably the smartest generation as a whole for technology that there's ever been um you know yeah i think some of that i think some of that as we're looking into this i mean this is we we're hitting the demographic right now on youtube um with for gen z right now right this, this is the demographic this is a, a majority of 
I think our YouTube channel is predominantly um, of a male audience, but this is the demographic. We're, we're, we're th these types of formats are what they're watching and what they're learning from. They don't watch traditional TV like we used to, cable yeah. and stuff like that. They may ha subscribe to that, but this is absolutely that. If you look at a how-to video, this is the generation that's doing that. That's doing the research to do a how-to video. Yeah, do-it-yourself type stuff. This is the things that they like to do and want to do, and so uh, this is right up their uh, their alley. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things where I believe, <laughs> as I was thinking about, yes, that's why we we need Generation Z involved in the church because they are so technological technologically advanced. They're so good at it that it would help us, uh, you know, sometimes with us and, you know, there's a little bit, I, I'm good at technology, but there's a learning curve for me on some stuff where it's like this younger generation, they just pick it up. I mean, it's just like it, it comes natural. So yeah, Gen Z, you know, we need you in the church. We need you working with us doing studio lighting and podcasting and video editing and social media things. Uh, you know, uh, TikTok videos and all these other things. And some of you, well, you mean, well, I want to be able to put the gospel on every platform that there is. You know, yes, the enemy may have created these platforms to do evil, but every chance I get, I'm going to get in the enemy's turf and I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to get in his sandbox and I'm going to start kicking his sand around. So I need that. You know, we need that young generation. We need their input. We need their ideas. You know, one of the things that I have really seen over the past year, um, we've put some of the younger Gen Z, actually Gen Z generation, they're on the tail end of it or the, the beginning stage, you know, of it. Uh, they're in their 20s now. But, you know, like... Uh, you know, well, my daughter and my son both are active. My daughter and son, they're over the children's departments. We've got a young girl that's over the ladies group now, a couple, a, a young girl that leads our worship team. We've got uh, a group of young girls that do our uh, harvest festival. Um, yeah, sometimes it maybe is not the way I see things, but I'm stepping back and going, but, you know, that's the way they see it, and, and it got the job done. And it's being able to, to, to give them a sense of responsibility. You know, I can remember, and some of you, I'm sure y'all heard this. You know, when I was younger and I'd make a remark about, uh, uh, you know, man, my back's hurting or I'm tired. You know, somebody older than me, of course, or, oh, you ain't old enough for your back to hurt. Or, you ain't old enough to be tired. Or, you know, I'd have an idea, well, you ain't old enough to know about that yet. And, you know, it would kind of aggravate you. You're sitting there thinking, well, who died made you boss. But at the same time, I'm looking at that approach now and I'm, I have to, I'm trying to be careful because yeah, maybe it's a different idea than I had, but if it accomplishes the same goal, then these Gen Zers, they, they, because they look at things different, I need to allow them and give them room to expand their horizon, to learn and grow in God by doing their own ideas and things. I'm not saying you let, let them get out in sin, but I'm talking about as far as working in the church, let them do it the way they want it done because, like Joshua said, that's the demographic right now that we're hit. These kids are hungry for the Word of God, and they're looking 
for something real because the world we live in is it it's as far the reality we live in is as far from reality as I've ever seen it. So, you know, if you're a pastor watching online right now, watching this podcast, get your Gen Z, get that generation, get them plugged in, get them involved, let them do something. You know, we, we've even put some of our younger, uh, the Gen, Gen Z guys, we, we're putting them in with our ushers and, and letting them work with them and learn these things. We've got one that helps with our lighting. You know, find places to put them in because Gen Z, why we may look at them in some areas and go, oh, they're just dumber than a box of rocks. These kids are smart, especially when it comes to technology and learning these things. They're so smart with this stuff, and we need that in the church. So, you know, make sure that, and if you're a Gen Zer and you live close by here and you want to be involved, you come to Gleaning Mission and you say, I need to see Pastor Wesley because he said he would give me something to do or find Pastor Josh. We'll find you something to do. We support and believe in Gen Z. That generation, y'all got what we, we, we need some of the things you have and we want to utilize them in the body of Christ. So that's a good thing. We want you in the church. So if you're not, come on. The next point is, you know, and I, I jumped ahead on this one a little bit earlier, but is God moving in this end time generation, Gen Z? And, you know, absolutely. I believe that Gen Z is going to be one of the most pivotal generations um, of people in this end time move of God. Um, yes, the generation as a whole, which is everybody that's alive at one time, which is a lot of what God speaks of in the Bible when he speaks of generation, it's talking about the whole group of people that's alive at that time. But I believe then when you break out different generations, each one has its special place in that because Gen Z needs to see the generations before it rising up and doing what God said to do, living a Christ-centered life, living life the way the Word of God tells us to, and showing Gen Z that we're hungry for God, that we're thirsty for the things of God. That causes them to move. But when you look at Asbury, when you look at Auburn and Georgia, a couple of different places where God has begun to move, um, he's reaching out to this generation. And sometimes I'm a little concerned. It, it, I'm not saying I'm uh, by no means am I jealous, but it's like almost God did, did we miss something and you're having to move devoid of us because we're too busy over here trying to figure out how you're going to move. We're, we're not sensitive enough, but irregardless, whether it's through us or God does it by himself, I believe that Generation Z is going to be, that generation is going to usher in one of the greatest revivals or the greatest revival that this world has ever seen. I still believe that there's going to be reports, and I believe it may happen as soon as, maybe before this year's out, in the next year, into 2025, but I believe that there's going to be such a hunger for the things of God, such a precious move of God, that this Generation Z, 
I believe we're going to see revivals breaking out in high schools and and uh, colleges, campuses all over the place because that generation, Generation Z, has said, you know what, I'm hungry, God is moving on us, and we're not going to stop. We're going to keep this thing going, and I believe it's going to create almost like a, a tsunami type effect that will hit one end of this nation and it'll wash all the way to the other end of this nation, you know, that God's going to begin to move. And we as these older generations, when God begins to move, one of the things that I've noticed is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm again trying to think how to word this, is I, I have to be careful. It, it's the same way with uh, music. You know, when I was growing up, I liked 70s rock. I like the 80s rock. I like some country. I liked R&B. I, like, I have a wide genre of styles of music I like. I like smooth jazz, contemporary jazz. I love funk. That's probably one of my favorite genres. But as I grew up and was listening to what I was listening to, I remember, you know, my dad and my granddad and them, they didn't care for my style of music. Not that it was bad. It's just that wasn't their style. And then, you know, I, I didn't, th I thought everybody loved my style of music. I mean, 80s rock, 70s and 80s rock. I mean, that was just, you can't get any better than that. But yet now I'm seeing a generation of people that's got music and I'm listening to it going, what kind of mess is this? This is not music. This is just, this is crap, <laughs> you know. But yet I'm, I'm phasing out of what's popular, the, 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 that their sound is different than my sound. Well, I have to take that, and I believe the Holy Spirit began to impress this upon me. But my generation's sound, and this is not natural. I'm talking about spiritual now. I'm switching over. My generation's sound is different than the next generation's sound. So what God sounded in me and what he's sounding through me is going to be a little different than what he's doing in this next generation. So what do we do when God begins to move in a generation and it looks different than what we're used to or what we expect? You always judge a move of God by its fruits. Are people being saved? Then that's a good fruit. Are people being healed? That's a good fruit. Are people being set free and delivered from bondages? That's a good fruit. Are people being filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? That's a good fruit. If these fruits are happening, if they're evident, then I can look at that move of God, even though it's different from me, even though it's uncomfortable. I, I, that's, that's just not me. That's okay. If people's lives are being changed by the power of God, then whether I'm hip with it or not, I'm going to get in the middle of it because I know God is in it. And I, I know I went to a, a, a revival that had a lot of the Gen Z in it, and, man, them, them people wore me out. I mean, from the time the music started till the time the music stopped, there was 35 minutes of music, not just one song. Different. These kids jumped. I'm not talking about just a little leap. I'm talking these kids jumped and waved their arms as hard as they could for 35. I couldn't do that. I would be, I was wore out after jumping 
for two minutes on the first song. But these kids were jumping. They, 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 they were giving their energy and their passion back to God. So even though I didn't, it wasn't me, I, I wasn't jumping to that song. I thought that song was a little cheesy. That was my opinion. But these kids loved it, and they were being ministered to, and also they were ministering back to God with their praise and worship. So, yeah, their sound's different than my sound. But here's the neat thing. If any of you, and this, this is good right here, the Holy Spirit just give this to me, but this is good. I got to give him credit. Some of you watching know about sound and you know about chords and you can play a note and a note is singular. It's always singular. It's the same note. It does not change. It's a note, one sound. So if my generation and the generation before me and my parents' generation and then the generations after me, if we all sound the same, it's one note. But when you take different sounds that complement each other, you make a chord, and it's the fullness. And see, I believe that it takes all these generations alive now to see the fullness of God manifested in these last days for this end-time move. So, yeah, Gen Z may sound a little different, but I believe he's moving in this generation, and I'm excited about it. And Gen Z, I'm going to support you. Wherever I can, if God's moving for you, I'm going to be right there in the middle of it. And, yeah, I might not can jump for 30 minutes with you, but I'll jump as long as I can. I'll wave my arms as long as I can. But I am excited to see God move in Gen Z. Now, the next point, I, I, I begin, I really, this is the one I thought about, the last two points here I thought about the most today is, what is causing Gen Z to look to God? And when you look at, I made this statement earlier that the reality that we live in is not a reality at all. Everything that we see is artificial. Um, you know, you see with artificial intelligence, which if you want to know our take on that, you can go on our YouTube channel, and we've done a whole podcast on AI, um, the pros and cons with it. Um, but with AI and Photoshop and all these different things, all these filters, you know, on all these social media apps, I mean, you nobody takes a, a picture of their self and it looks real anymore. You know, it's uh, it's all filters. So it's all, in other words, what when we were growing up is what you would call smoking mirrors. Things are not how they appear. Um, but with all that going on with the media, with all that goes on with our media, people are beginning to see, even in Gen Z, they're beginning to see that not everything that the media says is the truth, that they're, they're, they're a little one-sided or a little biased to, to one opinion or the other. And, you know, they're growing up and seeing, you know, a lot of my generation. Uh, I think our generation was probably one of the largest generations for divorce rate and uh, premarital sex and, uh, you know, babies out of wedlock as any generation there's ever been because we begin to see that. So now Gen Z's seeing, you know, 
that sex got taken out from the the confines of a, a marriage and got taken out of the confines of a marriage bed and put on a pedestal by itself. And what I believe this generation is now being able beginning to see is sex by itself. It, it will not stand. It will, it, it won't last. It's not something that you can build upon, you know, that, that you need the confines of marriage. You need that relationship, that, that, that best friend that you're trying to build a life with, you know, and I believe that this generation is seeing, you know, the cancel culture, uh, they're seeing that dog ha is biting its own tail. Um, we talked a little bit about that last week, I believe, but you know, they're beginning to see a lot of these narratives and a lot of these things that have been pushed on them. They're beginning to see them crumble and they're beginning to just, I believe maybe the Holy Spirit stirring on them, but they're going, you know, I need to know the truth. I need to know what is right and what is wrong because we've, we, you know, that generation grew up, Gen Z grew up with particip participation trophies. Uh, you know, that generation grew up where they begin to change the way they graded people, you know, and actually they dumbed down our education system. It wasn't because the kids were dumb. These kids are smart. It was because they were trying to dumb down the next generation of people. So it was the education's fault, not the kids' fault. You know, and they tried to make things so complicated and they give all this homework, send it all home. So after we as the parents have worked all day long at a job, rush home, try to fix supper, eat supper, get cleaned up. We can't sit down and relax with our family. We've got to spend the next three hours doing homework that we don't even understand. And then we got to get our bath and brush our teeth and go to bed so we're ready for the next day. They created a system where this generation was devoid of family. It didn't have family because nobody had time for it. You know, so I see all these things and I'm now seeing a generation that's going, we want to know the truth. And, you know, these school systems and all these colleges and all these campuses, and play, they created these uh, safe spaces. So if you feel hurt or you feel uh, endangered, you know, you, you can go sit in your safe space where nobody will bother you. And then we've, we've given them, you know, all these kids, like I said earlier, participation trophies. You should not be rewarded. And I know there's going to be people don't like, oh, that's just so mean. Listen, if your child is not good at a sport or good at an activity, giving them a trophy is not rewarding them. It, you're setting them up to be bullied. You're setting them up for failure because if they're not good and they really like the sport, then you or the activity that if they don't get the trophy, that should encourage them to improve, to be better, to advance themselves. But if they just get the trophy, irregardless, we've created a mindset of, well, I don't have to do anything. I'm going to get rewarded anyway. So that's why you look at this generation now and it's the me, me, me generation is, you know, give me, give me, give me. And I shouldn't have to work for it. I'm entitled. It. I'm owed this, you know? So we've created all this in the world. And I believe that as this generation, Gen Z is getting older, they're going, wait a minute, this, this is not right. 
And I'm finding out that this, this generation, they're really drawn to people even like myself and the pastors here at the church, Josh and, and my dad and different ones, we speak the truth. And especially with me, I don't sugarcoat nothing. I'm not wasting time. I'm going to tell you what the word of God says, because that's what changed your life. I'm going to pull you out of your safe space and I'm going to put you in a saving place, a place where God can change your life. He can sustain you and protect you. But when you look at all these things going on in the world and you look at all the social media stuff, I believe as, as Gen Z is getting older, I believe they're going, you know, I need to unplug from this. I, I need to go out and see what the world is about and not just look at it through a screen on a TV or on my phone or tablet and just dream that that's where I could be and live in some alternate reality. So, you know, and it, again, not every Gen Zer is like that there. I'm telling you, especially I know at this church, our Gen Z kid, we got some good Gen Z kids at this church. You know, I know a lot of them that are hard workers. They're, uh, they contribute to society. They, they've applied themselves. They're, they've got good jobs. They work hard. You know, I know a lot of them that are. But when you look at Gen Z as a whole, the percentage of those that were raised that way versus the ones that were raised to be entitled, this entitled side outweighs it. But I believe that in these last days, that is going to change. God is going to fill their hearts, fill their lives, and they're going to begin to come into the church and be some of the hardest workers, I believe, that this world has ever seen for the kingdom of God. So with that said, the next point I want to talk about, this is for those of us that are not Gen Z. This is for millennials. This is for the boomers. This is for all of us that are not Generation Z and want to sit back and just complain about Gen Z. What should we do to reach Gen Z for Jesus? The first thing that we got to do, and we should do it for any generation, but especially for this one, is we need to pray for this generation. We need to pray for Generation Z, that God would cause a move of his spirit to flood this generation, that these young people would begin to cry out and that they need a Savior and that Jesus would come in and fill them. That's the first thing we need to do. The second thing we need to do is we need to love them. Now, y'all know some of y'all that, that go here or, or, or watch much at all. Now, you know what I mean with love. Love, true love, Christ love, the God kind of love, doesn't just mean hugging them on the neck. That brings correction, but it has to be done in the right way. But these kids, I believe, want that correction. I believe they want some of us older people uh, to, to, to nurture them and, and to help steer them in the right direction. You know, it's one thing to correct somebody. It's one thing to tear somebody down. But if you don't give them the tools to build back up, you've left somebody broken and battered and hopeless. They feel hopeless and helpless. I can't do anything right. So... For that younger generation, we should be involved, and if we have to bring correction, we need to be there with them to help rebuild them, to encourage them, and give them the tools that they need that's necessary 
to become what God has called them. One of the biggest things I think we do sometimes as believers is we jump and shout, 215 people got saved today. Okay, well, what are we doing after they got saved? And I think sometimes that's what we've done with this generation. We've said, okay, you're getting saved. God's moving. We're out. See you. You know, but my whole thing about that is, is when you had a child and, and you gave birth to a child, when that child, when it was time to go home and you put the child in the car seat and you and your wife get in the car, you and your husband, however, you get home. Did you go home and sit the baby in the living room and say, okay, the kitchen's over here on the left, uh, the cold stuff is in the refrigerator, the non-perishable stuff and cereal and snacks is in the pantry, your bedroom's down the hall on the right, your diapers are in there, your changing table and your wet wipes. Uh, we're going to bed, we're tired, we'll see you in the morning, and then uh, we'll help you with breakfast, but then we'll have to go to work and you'll have to tend to yourself. And we didn't do that, did we? But if we didn't do that for a natural child, why do we think when somebody gets saved that, hallelujah, they're saved, and we just push them out into the world? And then we get mad. Well, see, they didn't get saved. They, that was just emotional salvation. Yeah, it's because we didn't follow up with them. We didn't stay with them to help build them up and give them the tools to become the Christian that God called them to be. So we've got to have that drive to go in and help this generation so we need to pray for them we need to love them and the third one which is my least favorite of all but we have to have it it's called we have to have patience we have to have patience with this generation we have to walk with them and and yes they're going to fall and they're going to skin their knees but last time i checked so did we when we were growing and learning in the things of god and you know we don't kick them out you know the old saying don't throw the baby out with the bathwater we can't throw this generation out with the bathwater if they make a mistake we can help them through that mistake we've got to be there you know i have i've counseled i've had the privilege of ministering one-on-one -on -one or with couples that are in this generation. And some of these couples, when you hear how they were raised, when you hear how they were brought up, I sit back and go, okay, it makes sense. They, they were never told that they could make it. They were never told that they could do whatever they set their minds to. They were never told, hey, I believe in you. I'm proud of you. You know, they were never told these things. So they revert back to the survival mode that they've always been in. But I've watched some of these younger generations when I, and they believe me because they know I'm not, these kids are smart. They know if you're lying. But when I look at them and I tell them, look, I love you. I, I believe in you. I'm here to help you. And every time they call or every time they text, I'm answering that phone or I'm responding to that text. I'm encouraging them. Why? Because I believe in them. And yes, I'm having to learn to be patient with them. You know, sometimes I get that text and it's like, oh my gosh, again, are you kidding me? But at the same time, it's no, wait a minute. They look up to me as a minister, as an older man. They look up to me. I'm going to reach out and be the man that God called me to be in their eyes so that they, that generation can say, I'm moving forward in God. 
and I've got the support of that generation that went before me. That's what we need to be to these younger kids. Yeah, they may not wear their hair like we want it, and it may be 5,000 different colors, and they may have piercings in every place that you can actually poke a hole. They may be tatted up from one end down to the other, and we may not like it. We may not like the music that they listen to, but listen to me. Jesus died for them with all their piercings and all their tattoos and their 5,000 different variations of hair color. He died for them just like he did us. So who am I to say that they're not worthy? I've got to learn patience to walk with them and nurture them just like I did when I was t we were teaching our children to walk, teaching our children to ride bikes. The one thing that my children learned the best on how to ride a bike is I didn't always keep them from falling, and I didn't like to see them fall, but they learned the best when they fell if Daddy was there to pick them up, not take them in the house and, oh, it's going to be okay. Let's go eat some ice cream and watch some TV, that mean old bike. No, it was dust them off, wipe their tears, put them back on that bike seat, and say, come on, we're going to try it again. You're going, you can do this. You can do this, and I'm going to help you. It's the same concept we've got to do with this generation. We've got to help them ride that spiritual bike, that spiritual life. And when they fall off, don't take them in the church and, oh, well, let's just quit. This ain't going to work. Dust them off and put them back on that seat again and say, come on, I'm right here with you. And eventually, you're going to let go of that spiritual seat that they're riding, and when they look back, you're going to be standing back away from them, and they're going to be doing it on their own. But we've got to have patience. We've got to take the time for this generation to talk with them, spend time with them. Sometimes it's not about how many scriptures I can quote. Sometimes it's about, like with our young adults, I went axe throwing with them. You know, didn't really want to do that. I had other stuff I could do, but it's taking time out of my life to spend time because Hey, not just the acts throwing, but they begin to open up. You find out things they like, things that they're interested in, concerns they have, things they're going through, the things that bother them. You see, if I don't have patience and take time and spend with them, I don't know what's going on in their life. So I'm not relevant to them. But if I know what's going on in their life, now I'm relevant. When I become relevant, I become a voice in their life. And when I become a voice in their life, now I become a standard that they watch and want to be like. And if I'm living Christ, then not, they're not going to be like me. They're going to be like Jesus. So, yeah, we need to pray for Gen Z. We need to have love and compassion for Gen Z. And most of all, we need to have patience for that generation. Because I'm telling you, you watch. You can mark it down that on November the 15th of 2023, that Pastor Wesley said on his on the podcast, the Glean podcast, that God was going to have a major revival in Gen Z, that that generation was going to see one of the greatest moves of God any generation, bar none, on the earth has ever seen. I believe it's going to happen, and I don't know about you, but I'm going to be a part of it. Amen. Listen, guys, I hope that you've got something out of this tonight, especially if you're Gen Z again. Gleaning Mission Church, we love Gen Z. We love your generation. 
We want to help you. We want to be there for you. And most of all, we want you to see Christ and the fullness that he has for you in your life and in every area of your life. And listen, there's nothing that you can't do. I don't care if people say that you, you, you're not going to amount to nothing. With God, all things are possible. So if you give your life to Christ, all things are possible to you. God will not withhold any good thing from those that love him. And those of you uh, that are watching, do me a favor, hit that like button. Let us know if you liked it. Again, if you didn't like it, you can hit the dislike. Don't bother me at all. If you know your opinion's your opinion. So if you didn't like it, that's fine too. It just helps our algorithm and helps us on the 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 YouTube how how we are seen. Take it and share it. A lot of you know some Gen Z people out there that need to hear this message of how God loves them. Or you may know some parents that are dealing with some Gen Z. This may help them of how to approach them, how to talk to them. You know, so do that. Share this on your social media. If you're listening on the podcast itself on one of our platforms, you can text this to somebody and send it to them because we want Gen Z to know we love them. So one more time before we sign off tonight, Gen Z Gleaning Mission Church in Oakboro, North Carolina, Pastor Wesley Barbie, we love you and we believe in you. Amen. If you believe that and you're watching, just type amen in the comments. And I believe that this is going to do something for this generation, for this Gen Z generation. God is on the move. We just got to make access for him to get to who and what generations he wants to get to. Guys, I appreciate you. Love you so much. We'll see you again next week. Until then, God bless.